Hello, and welcome to Retro Encounter, episode 124 of Valkyrie Profile, part two. I'm your host, Robert Fenner, and joining me today is Hilary Andreff. Hi, welcome back. And I think in an, uh, in an unforeseen circumstance, we have another panelist joining us for part two of this podcast, and that's our wonderful social media manager, Stephanie Bidlow. It is me, Stephanie. Yeah, I'm here too. I saw you guys did the first podcast, I was like, oh no, I missed it! And then I just kind of budged in and said, hey, me too now. Let me in. Three's company too. I'm all for it, and I'm I'm, I'm all for the um, I'm all for the singing as well. <laughs> There'll be a lot of that. <laughs> Steph, you you picked a great time to join us because we left mm-hmm. off at the end of chapter three in our last episode, and chapter four is where things really start to get real in Valkyrie Profile, and we start to the see first three chapters are very tutorial. I find they kind of are, aren't they? Yeah, which is good. You need that many chapters to get into it. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, to what, get used to everything. What did you think, Hillary, of uh, of yeah. what we covered in the last episode? I mean, I, I definitely agree. Although I will say, the first time I played through the game, just without using a guide or anything, I did a lot of plot related things early because I was interested in like checking all the locations out. So, mm. <laughs> it, yeah, it, the if, game really has a way for you to play it. Like, it's pretty specific. Mm. <laughs> it's it's that special like JRPG slash triace um, obfuscation that it, it it would really benefit from telling yeah. you at least guiding you a little bit of saying like okay here's you know maybe leave this for later or here is actually what this does or <laughs> this game uh, explains so little. It yeah. tries, yeah, and then it's just it just kind of nod it pans out. Uh, the first time I actually played the game, I was ma- like, was when it came out. I was maybe like twelve or eleven. Oh yeah, I should. I, I, I meant to ask you about your first experience with this as you are joining us late. So please, yeah. Steph, go right ahead, tell us. <laughs> it all kind of works out because I kind of only did the first three chapters the first time I played. So the game was way too difficult for me when I was a kid. I just didn't get it. It didn't sink in. The gameplay was too tough. Uh, I played it even on easy. It just didn't really work out. Uh, so I actually beat Valkyrie Profile 2, then I went back to this one when it came out on the PSP, mm. killed it and loved it and played it a few times after that. Um, but, like, I remember getting confused by even little things. Like, uh, when Valkyrie goes, uh, we have no reason to be here, as one of the ending quotes for her battle thing, mm. I thought she meant that literally, and I tried to leak. <laughs> and in my, yeah. defense, in my defense, I was right, because I was in the Cave of Oblivion. Oh, All <laughs> right, well. <laughs> there you go. I was so confused, so the first time, basically, it just didn't work out. But the second time I played it, I played it to death, and I loved it. It's in my top ten for sure. I mean, there are whole systems that I didn't even really know about until playing it again for this show. Like the, you know, I knew ah. about transmutation, but I didn't know exactly how deep this um, uh, crafting system went with oh, uh, hidden items that are found in Lazard's tower and just oh, yeah, yeah. all this stuff. It's that's... cool, though. Once you get into the swing of things, like, it's a fun game and it's really easy to breeze through it. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, Hillary, you said you played on hard mode, right? I did, yes. All right, so you and me are the winners here. Uh, Robert, you just went normal? I went normal. Um, I tried to, I you know, I was originally going to go for, <laughs> for ending B. And then I uh-huh. decided I was going to go for ending A, and then I completely messed up, and I ended up getting oh. ending B. So okay, we'll, we'll, well get that's into good because that I, how did, I how think did you Hillary go? and I know the A, so we can kind of fill yes. in the gaps, and you kind of give us like what you saw. Great. I I, I barely made it. I made it, but I barely made it <laughs> <laughs> this time. 
Who could blame you? The stipulations for ending A are so ridiculous. I don't know how anybody without a guide could actually figure it out. Yeah, I was I was sweating it, sweating it in chapters <laughs> five and six. I had to coordinate it down to like exactly when I was wearing that ring, exactly when I was recruiting my last few people, and I think oh, wow. less than ten points. I made it by less than ten points. Oh. Yeah, otherwise it locks you out. But I do like the fact that like hard mode is actually technically one of the easier modes. Uh, barring for like two dungeons, the Tower of Lizard Valith is incredibly hard, and probably Ugh. the Ruins of Amedi or whatever, the, the very Egyptian one. Yes. I think we're part of the two hardest dungeons. So, so... appropriately for hard mode. What? Uh, but yeah, I actually really like the hard mode dungeons a little bit more, too. I think they're really interesting. Me too, and it was my first time for a lot of them, actually, because oh, yeah. I... Previously, I think I'd only played to about chapter four or five on hard mode. So, yeah, some of them were new to me. And definitely, they really, it seems like they utilized a lot, their design vision. Like, you you can't really see the extent of it unless you play through all those hard mode dungeons. I like it, though. They actually feel like a whole new breed of dungeon. Like, each dungeon seems to have a different identity anyway. Like, I love how each of them looks different, feels different, plays different. Um, like I remember one of the eastern ones has that kind of like a uh, shifting like shifting idea in it inside of it. One of them is like a math based dungeon. One of them is like very biological looking on the inside. It's creepy and gross. Mm. <laughs> like they're all very unique and very different. But there are a few normal dungeons I know that you miss out in favor of hard ones. So maybe you could fill us in on that one. It um, is in it is in chapter four where things really start to kick off and the uh, plot becomes a thing. Um, yeah, you you. One of your spiritual concentrations leads you to Flensburg, uh, where we first encounter Lazard Valeth, who is this uh, evil wizard, and uh, his his ogre, who's like a kind of uh, to episode one listeners, he's like an orc in bootcut jeans, um, <laughs> and they are uh, they are kidnapping women left and right. Um, and Lazard, he's something of a, a foil to the Valkyrie. He's like an anti-Valkyrie. He's um, a necromancer who is raising demons through the power of the goddess Hell. Um, yeah, the role is really interesting because they don't hmm. really finish up with it, but he's so integral to the plot despite being evil and not really a boss of any sort. He makes he's a boss, but such I mean, an entrance. It's su- such an entrance. Yeah. yeah. And how? But I mean, I, I, you know, he's just a really cool character to the series because hmm. he's the best. He's you know the best magician on the planet, and just kind of interesting to kind of follow along with that. He's a handsome boy. He's diabolical. He kills his teacher, which is uh, which is what brings us to his tower. Uh, yeah. Lorenta, the headmistress or or top teacher of the of the magic school, was his teacher uh, who, who expelled him for his dabbling in the dark arts, and and he uh, kills her and her husband on the uh, on the roof of his tower, um, which is um, not like not out of really any revenge, but just as. Um, as a way to lure uh, Leneth to lure her out, to his yeah, tower. and you, you've got to love the way he he like addresses it with her too. She she comes like once you get through the tower, she comes up to him and is like, "So for the sole purpose of luring me here, you slaughtered them?" And he's just like, "Yes, actually, I did. <laughs> I got some homunculi." I, like the, uh... <laughs> I really like the profile picture he had for when he's like in a cat body or something. It oh looks like God. this really yeah. skinny little cat picture. <laughs> and it's right. kind of realistic looking, so it's really, really cute. I'm like, yeah, he, that's what he does after he kidnaps Laurenta's husband. That's how he tells her. Yeah, the husband is at his tower, and how he lures him there. That's right. He <laughs> sends, sends his familiar with that freaky face. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a really good dungeon, though. The Lizard Valith Tower, like it goes on forever, and it is a proper difficult dungeon too. So I'm happy he gets he gets his reign on that on that one. It's a real spike, uh, and like it's really like the, yeah, the first like the giant you go challenge. To, the harder it gets. Mm. Yeah, I I spent so much time there. I'm not gonna oh. lie. The the song there is really cool though. Hard Chain Reaction. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. music's amazing. Oh yeah. It's kind of fun too, because like, I, like I guess that whole PS, PSX era of Trius games, they kind of just let Sakuraba do his thing, go all out, crazy instruments, crazy techno guitar, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is a lot more subdued; it suits it better. It's mm. more classical sounding, uh, but yeah, the the rock and tunes in this one are just so much fun. <laughs> it's and very that battle victory theme is just so cool. <laughs> it's very reminiscent of his work when he was with uh, when he was with Wolf Team. Um, it's got a very kind of like Arcus Odyssey vibe. This sort of yeah. just like completely <laughs> uh, schizoid, just going all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it fits or not, I, I really, really like the soundtrack of this game. It's so cool, yeah, because it, it really pumps you up. Like, uh, yeah, what's the main battle theme? Ah, uh, oh, what's the main battle theme called? Mm. Uh, battle with God Syndrome, or just some yeah, unfinished battle with God Syndrome, or some variation of that. Mm. <laughs> like. That's it's kind of hard to of... tell with his track title sometimes what <laughs> what they're trying what they, to say. What they yeah. actually are, yes. But it sounds cool, and hey, the the, the beat matches. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got never got sick of the battle system in this, and Lawfer never left my party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the first time that I was actually able to make some use of Lawfer. I was using him completely wrong in uh, past playthroughs. Uh, I made a lot of use of uh, Lawfer this time around. Um, I felt that he had diminishing returns the first time I played uh, due to his... Uh, um, his... his Purify Weird Souls kind of, I think, has a low hit count, right? It's pretty bad. Um, it's strong, but it's not that good. Yeah. yeah. But he uh, he can really have some crazy damage potential with some high-level spears as the game goes Oh, I love that one spear named the Dinosaur, the Great Spear Dinosaur or something That's like that. Like, crazy. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of cool named weapons in this game, too. <laughs> I, I did like what you guys said, though. Like, this is a Norse mythology game, but it has nothing, like, barely anything to do with the actual Norse. Oh, yeah, not at all. It's... Just um, in name only. Like, more so than, like, a Final Fantasy game, but just only that tiny yeah. smidgen. Yeah. And one thing I do like, too, is there's, like, a lot of anachronisms, too. Mm-hmm. What was it? I know, like, Mystina is wearing at one point. Yes, yes, when she's talking <laughs> with Lazard. She's, like, in a robe and, like, this giant... She's, and she's having a drink and she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's great sprite work, though. Mm. Uh, um, Lazard Ballot looks nothing like his picture. Um, Yume is, is firing a gun, like a finger gun at one point. Yeah, that's how she starts battle, huh? It's almost like, like a King of Fighters taunt. She's, like, mature in vice or something. <laughs> I do like Jail, though, the way she's kind of jumping up and down on the spot. Hmm. And uh, Cashel, who's kind of really low to the ground. I think he's the Long Blades guy, and he's kind of really low to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah. You've got to appreciate that, how you, you can tell that his sword is actually heavy. Hmm. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. <laughs> it, it, um, it works in favor of, of having all of your party members have a unique silhouette, which is like character design yes. 101. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. And yeah, all the characters are very nicely designed as well. Speaking of that, I just need to say how happy I am that Lyneth is short, relatively speaking. I don't know why. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Good things in small packages, yo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, All all of her sprites and animation, though, are absolutely top-notch. Like, I cannot get sick of Mm -hmm. looking at her on screen. Even though she does a bit of a Naruto run, you know, she's got the arms behind her back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, but I love her stopping and like her dress and her hair kind of like goes yes. goes in the wind a bit. Yeah, that ever so slight uh, pushing forward. <laughs> it's so pretty. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of her actions, like when she's doing the crystals or when you know, like confronting bosses, like they all look good too. Pointing, yeah. pointing her sword, turning her back, <laughs> all sorts yep. of uh, excellent sprite work on, on display there. And you know, for how rusty, like how rough and rusty some of the voice work is, I really do like her voice. Her she finds a really good balance between being kind of you know loud and authoritative, you know, and still kind of dropping her guard at times. I yeah, I think between, I think between her and um, Maddie Blaustein's work as Arngrim yep. and Lizard, I think they're mm-hmm. like the two who are really carrying the voice work in this game. Whereas the rest mm-hmm. is like kind of veers between serviceable and just like laugh out loud hilarious. You know, especially when Ash Ketchum takes to the stage. It's very dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, like, they tend to really dramatize them. It works because it's a very sad, sad world and a very sad mm. game of slave traders and such. Oh, yeah, the slave traders have, like, glasses on, sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah, they're like the men in black. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, yeah, so there's, like, uh, I do find it cool, though, that I think Ville Noir, where, mm-hmm. where Platine is originally from, is a village in Valkyrie profile, too, before things go bad. Mm, it's, it's like a very lovely, pleasant village, but I think afterwards, like the the market sinks, nobody goes there, and yeah, they start selling their children off. I think Vilnor <laughs> is the capital. It's like the imperial capital. Is oh, it? Um, it's yeah, not, I, I forgot it's not, wherever wherever Platina's from. It's not Artolia. It's um, Platina's from Coriander, which is near to Artolia. Yeah, it's like on the border between Artolia and Vilnor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, coriander is, is exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we can we just take the time to appreciate how great the world map is? Oh hell yeah! Flying around it is just such a cool feeling. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that last time. No, we really didn't. It's um, it's like I don't know. It's like having the airship in Final Fantasy VI, but in a very right very, away. Yeah, in like a very very grim way. I guess like a more apt comparison would be to like flying around in flammy since that doesn't really correspond one to one with what's going on in secret of mana but um yeah it's this sort of detachment that you know you are like almost kind of like act razor you are completely above everything and then you go down into this like micro level uh but it's um a completely different way of of looking at it from this like overseer uh overseer god and then you know in disguise as a townsperson did, did you all play the PSP version, I guess? No, I, I played the the original. Oh, really? I played mm-hmm. the original because my PSP no longer works. Oh, cool. So. Okay, because I was going to say, I was actually kind of happy I played and beat Valkyrie Profile 2 because it made the whole Japan segment a lot more interesting. <gasps> yes, we need to talk about that. Yes, we yeah, do. We I'm do. sorry, I know I'm going all over the place, but I, I'm just taking what comes... I, I didn't really have a chance to play. I actually played a bit of my file, which fortunately took place after Chapter 4, after Lizard's Tower. Right on. Uh, it was a file I had going. Um mm-hmm. But, but yeah, no, there's just so much cool shit to talk about with this game. <laughs> yeah, so do we want to just finish up talking about Lazard and then go to Depend? Yeah, okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, we do have a good schedule. Sorry, let's, let me look at that again. Okay. Weeping Lily, how, how on earth did Lucian not die? He's got super lungs. Did he just run away and just leave Platina's body there? Or is it just, yeah, just you know, is it just the, the plot being the plot? Well, there's, you've got to wonder because there's a grave marker there. So it sort of implies, but how... Um. Very good point. Very good point. He is. The men have stronger lungs. They work in the mines. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, no, no. So yeah, I guess he would have done that, and yeah, I guess he took off and became a mercenary somewhere else. Mm. Um, or um, a thief in his instance. 
was he a thief? Yeah, he was running the Thieves Guild in, right. I've written down the name of the town, uh, in Garabellum. Garabellum. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's running the Thieves Guild with a lady named Claire. Um, yeah. and this is like another great, interesting, um, grim, uh, part of Valkyrie profile, uh, where, mm-hmm. uh, their, their story after he grows up is that their comrade, uh, Baron ends up, uh, picking the pocket of a noble. Uh, and, uh, his, uh, punishment for doing so is being tortured to death and then hung from a post. And then the army no comes. No good deed in this game goes unpunished. And yeah. I think it's a really cool theme. And at least with life after death, they kind of make a good, a good use of that. Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of serve some dramatic irony. Um, like one part I liked is that Leneth was talking to one of the Einherjar and it's like, you know, hey, this is all, uh, Gandar's fault. And she's like, Gandar, I'll remember him. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after Baron is uh made an example out of uh the army of Garabellum uh they use this thief problem uh as an excuse to to gentrify the neighborhood and their form of gentrifying the neighborhood is just killing every poor people what poor person in the streets whether that is like um a man a woman or a child whether they have anything to do with thieves guild or not correct me if i'm wrong but Lucian and his group, I think a lot of what they're doing is actually they are thieving mostly to kind of support a lot of those poor people because there's no other way. That's right. Yeah. The, the Thieves Guild is sort of like, uh, it sort of functions as an orphanage at the same time. And they've got all these children living in their attic. And as they're, wow. um, as Lucian is trying to hustle the children to safety so they don't get burned alive, um, he's, uh, shot in the back by, uh. Um, Gabriev is so, is so noble. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's right. He gets shot in the back, but like, I actually thought his story was a little, a little underwhelming for how important his character is. Ever so slightly, yeah. I mean, I think like, I, like obviously, you may kind of wins for the most dramatic, most dramatic uh, de- death irony, I guess. Mm. Most he, dramatic he, for sure. He oh, he went all that way, and he still had a bad life. Yeah. Oh, everybody yeah. does, and that 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 t- main town theme really sets the tone. It does. It's oh, fantastic. Like, I listen to it when I need to, to calm down and feel sad again, because I'm too yeah. chipper. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is seriously a way to regulate in that more, like, low direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they do a lot of the glorious stuff, too. Like, I love a lot of the glorious, like, uh, some of the glorious town themes, like Crel Montfray mm-hmm. uh, has, like, a really glorious-sounding theme, and, like, a lot of the themes when you're in uh, in Valhalla and all that just sound beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, like, this game really nails its aesthetic really well, I think. And I do like that they even have, like, a few kind of, like, Eastern-influenced areas as well that kind of just, again, really, really force an aesthetic out. Hmm. Yeah, that, um, uh, that, that Yamato area, Highland, is very, um, well-realized so nice. and separate from what is happening on the main continent in this world. Yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> and then it's, it's hard not to talk about this game and just not brag about it the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and like story wise, I think it's probably the one time Trice actually nailed it. Oh, absolutely! I'm, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. It's like Trice's last game that wasn't like super pandery and fetishy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think like even even Silmaria has some kind of like standard JRPG issues, which are kind of absent in this game. It did yeah. have a goofy dungeon that I thought had a kind of funny, yeah, that kind of funny humor where they talk about underwear and all that stuff, but it's, hmm. it's still kind of funny. But anyways, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Hmm. Yeah, it does. It avoids a lot of that, hmm. like completely. 
Um, okay. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Chapter 4 is where you meet Brahms as well, right? That's right. I think you can meet him earlier if you want, but um, mm-hmm. apparently, like, if you want to go for the A ending, you need to hold off on meeting him until Chapter 4. Yeah, you um, need to hold off on the, the meadow. How are you mm-hmm. supposed to know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not. The meadow, <laughs> the meadow, you have to beat Lazard's tower, and you and mm. you hold off and meet Brahms in 4 as oh, well. Oh, just to mm-hmm. add to how difficult Lazard's tower is I don't think you I think you have to one and done it um you can die that, yeah because that, I died about four times trying to complete it this time <laughs> yes, but you? you can't you can't go back and do anything else like you can't go to any towns you can't go to any other dungeons you just okay. need to jump back in if you die okay okay so at least that's fair but yeah that was the one time I actually had to use uh Arngrim's dragon slayer with like a 50% break rate or something like that because hmm. yeah some of the dungeons some of the dragons in there will just immediately obliterate you and your progress hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what like, happened to me a lot. I'm just yeah. thankful that I didn't get sent back to the title screen. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my God, I can't it's, believe you guys have the PSX version, though. That's amazing. Yeah, It's especially rough with how many, if you're going for the A ending, how many other things you're supposed to do in that chapter. Like, I think it's the one time it's that packed. I was concerned about time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do think for the most part, though, like it, it is mostly intimidating. It's chapter four that really sucks, but the other ones you should have more than enough periods to, to mm-hmm. kind of like even veg out a bit. Uh, you should be able to go visit everybody's town and grab their super item mm-hmm. that they leave behind when they die and all that. I think it's kind uh, of like possibly like a testament to this game being slightly unfinished and rushed that like after chapter four, uh, well, after chapter five in particular, things really slow down and you're given um, more periods than you are events. Yeah, especially some of the plot moments don't feel complete. Like I know Lawfer, he just kind of ends up dead, and you get him on your team. Like there feels like a missing scene there. Um, Yeah, the the game could have used like totally a a little, a few bonus scenes for like the PS uh, PSP version, but Mm -hmm. it's still solid. Oh, that actually reminds me of something I meant to bring up: the manga. Actually, so I was curious after the last episode about Bellinus and what the deal was with the the poetry in his room. So I kind of started looking into it, and it sounds like um, the manga actually tries to tie it together. Oh, really? All of those things and how the young Harrier know each other. And according to the manga, Bellinus's wife was jealous of Asaka, so that poetry is hers, and the vampire problem is actually her fault. Ooh, I see. Oh, yeah. vengeful wife, man. <laughs> That's actually really cool. All those death stories were actually really great to watch, too. Um uh, yeah, like, you know, what is a flower? Was its destiny to be plucked <laughs> from the ground? <laughs> I do well, like Bellinus' look, they though. They should have hired you, Steph. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> For the men and the women, yeah. <laughs> Join Ash Ketchum. Um, uh, what was it, though? Yeah, okay, so uh, when you visit Brahms, you finally get to see that there are other Valkyries in the mix. Mm. In the mix. This I is do like think the, it's cool the, the, the first game... kind of part where you are. It's, it starts to become obvious that Lenneth is being deceived. Yeah. Yes, and you get that. You get hit with kind of a double dose of that if you go immediately from Brahms to Lazard or Lazard mm. to Brahms because they both hint at mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Although Lazard's sort of like, I don't really care. I'm interested in you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Brahms' design as a vampire, though. It's, it's you know, this kind of beefy, almost like were-vampire. Yes. Like, just hmm. a giant person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he was a really cool character. Like, uh, like I do like that the end of the game, the bonus dungeon, saves a whole bunch of, like, extra characters for you to just play with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, the game. 
<laughs> uh, but the whole Brahms thing was really cool, and I, I, I always loved meeting Silmarian, just having nothing about her really explained. So playing her mm-hmm. in the second game was just such a treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it, playing this again after I have to admit I, I didn't beat Silmaria, but yeah. having seen a good chunk of it and going back and playing Valkyrie Profile again, I'm I'm surprised at like just how much of that they. They wove in between Depan and like yeah. Bronze's castle and Lazard. Like they they were prepared. Like it actually makes more sense than I was expecting it to with the first game. Mm. The ending of Valkyrie Profile Two is a little bit upsetting for fans, but for the most part, I thought they did a really good job tying the two games together in the best way they could. <laughs> I mean, they kind of do like a. I kind of felt that Valkyrie Profile Two didn't not not to get into it too much. This isn't the yeah. Valkyrie Profile Two episode, but um, I kind of felt like it didn't deliver on its promise uh, in that it was posited as a prequel, and then it got into like some weird time travel stuff that yeah kind of like tied the, the ending of Valkyrie Profile One into the plot of Valkyrie Profile Two, and they got rid of the very main death scenes, which made the first game so so mm. dramatic, and just put it as like a little text based story. And like here, you can mm. extract your dead warrior from their remains. It's like yeah. that's not as fun. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's, like, it's almost like a gotcha esque. Um, it was uh, it like like Xenoblade Two, where it's like <laughs> randomized who you get rather than yeah. And it's like of one them... of two heroes. Some of them mm. are better than others. Yeah, Ugh, and some of them have a very low chance of showing up, which is annoying. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I, like I do appreciate the second game tries to change its perspective. You know, kind of mm. like Chrono Trigger to cross. Like Valkyrie Profile Two is more like the mortal uh, mortal perspective. It is, yeah, and that that is um, that is worthy. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't quite hit the same height, but it's still good and hard. Oh my god, that game is so hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's I think it's quite a bit harder than this game is. Yeah, like Valkyrie Profile has ways to like um like all good Trias games, they have a way. Like if you merc the system, you can beat the game with flying colors. If mm-hmm. you don't, then you're going to be just pounding, you know, finger um, button mashing, and you're going to do badly. Struggling, yeah. It's it's yeah. really interesting how it almost kind of like rewards you for breaking it in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's tri- that's Trice's way, basically. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing like going to a final boss over prepared. You're like, yeah, yeah, I got this. And you flick your finger, and they're dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, yeah. So chapter four is where things heat up, and then you start noticing things with your seal value, and you're intentionally lowering it. And it's kind of cool to see that your mm-hmm. your int- your point is to intentionally sabotage mm-hmm. the game. Seal <laughs> value not explained at all. Not nope. at all. Wear the ring, said nobody. Mm. <laughs> like, like, okay. Uh, oh, I do love, uh, f- like, when you're talking to Freya and you get to, like, talk to your Ryan Harrier and you see some of the other cool gods, uh, Hell and, yeah, mm. the veneer and, like, the fights. Then you got Freya. About your progress. Yes. It is magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> I had, like, this joke in my head that we should have someone else from the site show up at the end of this and rate our podcast that way. <laughs> Like, yes, good job, you get two artifacts. Mike, or the editor, if you're listening yes. to this, do it. Do it. <laughs> he always puts in messages at the beginning of a podcast, so this time save it to the end. <laughs> uh, but no, I think it's a really cool, like, it's a very different game. No RPG plays the way this game plays, let alone the fact that it's a platformer. Mm. You know, a platformer RPG. And that, that really shows in hard mode. That's one other point yeah. I wanted to make about getting through the hard mode. The dungeons really make you jump. The, yeah. They make you really work your uh, the mechanics in that one. I mean, when uh, when, when, when Triace were wolf team, they excelled at kind of RPG esque platformers. So um, you can really see what that. What they have under being... a wolf team? 
Uh, they did the Arcus series. Uh, they did the first uh, Valise game on MSX. They didn't do the future ones. Um, they okay. did uh, Saziri, which is like this bizarre platforming RPG for MSX. Um, they oh. did El Viento and uh, Ernest Evans. Ernest Evans is not so good, but uh, El Viento is pretty outstanding. Oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> A future article, mayhaps, Mr. Robert? Mm, perhaps. We'll see. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, so I think Chapter 5 and on is where things really start to get juicy plot-wise. This is where Lucy uh, like makes a, his return. Yeah. Uh, I like him. He's a he's a noble character. And I, I have to say, like, uh, I, one thing I think is important to point out, and kind of the reason why I really want to brag, is because I think Lineth is, like, a, an absolute keystone for, for how to do female protagonists in RPGs. And I'm so happy that they let her fall in love, too. Which mm. is, I hear something a lot of developers are worried about because of, like, you know, ha- you know, no homo kind of idea. It's like, oh, I don't want to be a girl kissing a guy. But they committed. <laughs> they wanted to tell, you know, this sort of love story, this sort of love transcending, you know. <laughs> the love you take it with you ditto and, and it's not it's not like a clean cut like okay we're together now everything is happy like she she you earn it if i'm remembering correctly like there she's very concerned about her job hmm. at, especially at first and it's just sort of like well i hope we can meet again well there, there's yeah. that there's that scene where if you choose to send lucian to valhalla uh which is a requirement for the a ending um, they go to Weeping Lily Valley together, and he, yes. he, 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 she's a little bit hesitant, but she follows him, and he asks her to remove her helmet, and he realizes... She obviously feels something, too, like, yeah. she's kind of quiet the whole time, and she kind of feels something deep down. <laughs> they, they both basically realize that she's Platina, and, and they share a kiss, uh, and even better, not just share a kiss. She totally instigates it. She like, does. You know, this, yeah, this she is goddess the driving. Is, it just drops all all yeah. kind of idea of duty, and she just kind of goes up to him and steals a kiss. And he liked it. <laughs> and yeah, you know, he's something got, he, he wanted for a while. I'm guessing he's he he's got his <laughs> he's got his head tilted back. He's not the one in control of this situation. Uh, yeah. He's very happy to to have his his feelings reciprocated. Uh, and then it cuts to the scene of Valkyrie like looking down on the meadow from above and saying like, "Well, it it can't really yeah. be this way." But you know, yeah, as you said, I hope we meet again. Even the, the like death scenes before then kind of like lead up to it, where she's like, mm. "You know, I'm a goddess. I have not time for this." You know, <laughs> uh, you know, into just kind of completely turning around. Her 180 is a really cool thing to watch. She is super cold, and I wouldn't even say that she warms up. But I mean, there, you know, there there are semblances of her. Uh, human feelings there. Did and you her... and B ending though, right? I did, yeah. Not A ending. Purpose, she she gets but... quite she gets quite emotional. Mm. Yeah, mm. like you know she she full on. She, we'll we'll get to that. Okay, let's mm-hmm. move on. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So you meet Mistina. Um, I in messed chapter up. Five. Uh, I triggered all my spiritual concentration too early, and then I forgot <laughs> to go visit Mistina. So this is what kept me oh, away. No! So. <laughs> I, I I did watch I did watch the Mistina cutscene before uh, we came to record, so I am clued in on what's going on with her. She's an interesting character, indeed. She's very uh, like, she completely lacks empathy. One thing I like, and she's actually one thing I like is she's actually praising Lazard for hmm. taking out uh, for taking out Lorenta. Well, she's, she's only for her she's, to um, be ironic, like ironically killed by him as well. Well, she's Jesse, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. She's Jesse. Jesse from Team Rocket. Whoa, Lazard! It's this really like over the top female villain. She's 
Yeah, she's, I mean, she doesn't want, she didn't want Lorenta in the way of her sorts of things that she wants to do. And that's kind of like a key thing about her is she has her own experiments. And she's very similar to Lazard, actually, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Like, she values knowledge extremely highly. And she's kind of, I think they sort of have a respect for each other for that reason. And yeah. that's what you really see in this cutscene is she's in astral form and she kind of sneaks mm-hmm. a look at what Lazard's doing. And that's how everything got started if i'm not mistaken they're they're both sociopaths who are focused on different people i mean mistina is focused on <laughs> lazard and lazard is in turn focused on valkyrie that's one thing that's cool too is like there's a lot of you know there's a really big gray area between who's good and bad in this game i don't think really anybody is good in this game everybody's kind of nasty <laughs> yeah. in their own way. so it kind of talk but that's that's what's cool about it too so there's a lot of themes of like forgiveness repentance you mm. know and it like it's just a very surprisingly deep game it's it's sort of hammy you know but it's still when you think about it it has some deep themes yeah, well, there, there's there in particular there's a quote with um Badrak, uh who first appears in chapter 1 as one of the mercenaries who is involved in the plot with Arngrim uh <laughs> and ends up later joining the party and he's like a complete piece of dirt and like the only yeah. good thing he ever did in his life was he freed a girl who's going to be sold as a slave um from coriander yeah, that's right. <laughs> um and he only did that to be nasty to the slavers who like only, you know, didn't give him like the, the full payment. They shortchanged him. Um Yeah. And I always kind of wondered if that was Yeah. all of it or if he was just kind of trying to cover for it. It's hard to I mean, say. I don't like he the thing about him is he seems pretty stupid and that maybe he would only be covering like in a subconscious level it doesn't seem like he really has anything to hide from uh valkyrie but at the same time you know like he has a wife who like they don't have a great relationship but he obviously cares for her um and, and you know when he relates this story of like his good deed which was only to like be a jerk to somebody else um valkyrie says like even a man who lives his life in darkness can bloom for one brief moment and Didn't I they literally like, show a flower bloom too? <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. right. Yeah, like his his <laughs> wife is obsessed with planting this cactus that only blooms once a month, and you can uh, you can uh, um, grant a wish by reciting it to this blooming flower. And he never sees it because he's always in bed. But then, like when he's yeah. crawling back from being assassinated by uh, the the powers that be of uh, Vilnor, um, oh, he, that's right! It's the right time of day. Yeah, he sees it bloom in the middle of the night uh, with his. That's the last thing he sees, and like his, I guess his wish is to live, and he uh, he becomes a Nineharia because of it. And there we go. It is cool too to see a few of them kind of come back, like because of the idea of reincarnation, all that stuff. So you yeah. see a few, like kind of. It, it was probably just to save on assets too, but I mean, you see a few Nineharia come back hmm. as an explanation for like, oh, they've been resurrected. Hmm. Oh. Um. Jeez, yeah, okay, that one was really cool. Uh, so Lazard is doing all of his weird, freaky uh, homunculi experiments. I do like how the game kind of sets up its own myth and mythos and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Oh, that's um, another really anachronistic thing, too. Like, oh, yeah, he's got totally like a high tech. Yeah, he's got like a <laughs> yeah, fantasy exactly. star dungeon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you just put in quotes. You know, oh, he's a super, super genius. Them. And especially when JRPGs do super geniuses, I mean, like they they already have spaceships in their in their basements, and it's like medieval ages. It's like, no, 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 it's fine. They're just that smart. Like, oh, okay. What what do they say? They say that his <laughs> that his tower like exists outside of time and in all times, a bit like Chrono Trigger's Probably. Black Black Omen. So, I mean, it's yeah, like what... it's a hand wave to have his technology, but it's still interesting. 
Yeah, Mistina Mistina says that. She's yeah. impressed that he's figured out how to she I think she's wondering like how powerful is he actually because he was able to shift this huge tower so it's interdimensional. Hmm. I still love that Lazard actually takes her out as well. Like, you know, they kind of have this mutual friendship, but as soon as like something's in his way, it doesn't matter to him. <laughs> he just freezes her inside of a stasis. Hmm. I like how you go visit there after and they still haven't cleaned it up. <laughs> like, ah, oh, shoot. Clearly, <laughs> many problems at the Magic, magic Academy. Um. Yeah, they need some help. I do like going to visit... Sorry, I know we're backtracking a bit, but I love visiting Nanami, who's sort of alive. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, we, need to talk. we didn't talk about her because no, we didn't. I recruited her. And you did, Robert, you Hers did was not. a really weird story, but I loved it, though. Hers and Yumei's, too, where it's like she's trying to find her father who was just fooling around anyway, and it meant nothing. Hmm. Yeah, I like ah. Yumei's story quite a bit, but Min- uh, Minami, I'm, I'm not... I don't think I'm sure. Do You, you don't remember it? No. Uh, so I think what it was was... Uh, so the shrine owner's daughter had passed away really young or something like that, and so right. they adopted Nami. But what oh, it is sorry. is that okay. her spirit no, I know, was I know still who alive. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the original daughter's spirit was still alive and eventually took over Nanami, and it essentially killed Nanami, and the, mm-hmm. the original daughter got to live in her body. Mm. Yeah, Nanami... Well, <laughs> Nanami decided... She's grateful, uh, so it, yeah. it, it all turned out good, but... Mm. Yeah, Nanami decides to go through this this ritual to prove that she's worthy of inheriting the shrine and, you know, yes. prove that, that their bond is thicker than just blood, all that sort of thing. But then she encounters the real daughter's ghost and and That's says, right. whoa, yeah, this this ghost has more pain than I do. I'll I'll switch with her. And that's how she becomes a nine Harry. Are they they she lets the original daughter kind of take her place. Like, but between this and like the the cave of mirrors, the Shintoism in Highland is, is doesn't seem like it's really serving anybody very well. <laughs> the, mm. the world in general doesn't seem to serve anybody really well, and it just turns into a big old shit sandwich by the end. But I mean, yeah, um, you know, like everyone yeah. has a bad time, and it's it's still a very beautiful story. It's all mm. about beautiful deaths, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you could go one way, then you might as well go in a in a in a in quite a sight. Hmm. You know, nobody's death is really lost without something happening or somebody else feeling it. So it's That's... beautiful. Yeah, because let's see, the other two characters that you see from there are Shiho and Suo. Yeah. And there it's sort of like an all-out war story, and they meet each other, and they kind of connect, but Suo Superior just immediately kills Shiho because she's this song maiden that basically turns, you know, the enemy soldiers into berserkers, so the Superior wants her dead. But she can't take it anymore, and she, yeah, you know, she so stops singing because of, she can't stand what she's doing, and she is punished right. by her side for doing so. Right, and that's, uh, how she, that's how she ends up where she is with mm. Suo. Yeah, Suo, Suo gets it when he decided to drop his arms against the people he was sworn to defend, so he had another one. Like, like he, he stopped fighting, but he still paid the price for it. You know? Yeah, but like, hey, you, you, live, you die honorably and become a hero. When you come back and see Suo's story, like, he's getting his, uh, he's getting his, his mission details. We're like, well, yeah. you know, we need to go wipe out uh, a village that's full of, uh, uh, assassins who were disguised as villagers. And, like, you just read that and you're like, oh no. And uh, Suo himself <laughs> says, oh no. Um, and you go there and, you know, sure enough, you see Suo, he's like raising his sword to, um, a father who's protecting his wife and two children. 
And, yeah, um, he's just very scared, obviously scared looking. Like, the sprite's sword arm is shaking. Yeah, yeah. He, he's shaking and he's holding it at this he's very... He's got a bad stance and everything, too. Yeah. yeah. And, you <laughs> the, know, the Suo knows. The game is extraordinary. Like, it is really, really well done. I love big 2D sprites, too. I just think mm. they're really, really nice looking. Suo um, yeah, so knows that it's that he's been sent on a fool's errand and that this is just like all a lie to com- you know yeah. take over this village by yeah. by force without having to deal with the politics of subjugating these people. Uh, but like kudos to it. I mean, I think all of us heard Ein Harrier for the first time in this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it literally does mean the heroic. Like it is literally the heroic dead. Like that is what mm-hmm. it is supposed to be. So you know, the idea of actually taking the souls of heroes and you know getting them to fight for you is just a really cool plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's an interesting take on the concept of kind of a heroic death because yes, like you you think about Norse mythology and usually the expectation is people it's already who up died. in the heavens too. Yeah on the battlefield, you yeah. know, and and if you think about the characters in this game, very few of them actually die in a battle. Mm. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Suo, I guess, would be technically be one, but yes, many of them have totally different kind of definition of a heroic death. I mean, they do, yeah, they do really like take out the concept for as much as they can. Like, everyone's story is quite different. Every scenario is an ideological conflict of some sort, whether that is yep. um, more sedate or, you know, in Suo and Chio's case, like on a battlefield. But it, it is very much everybody is embroiled in a battlefield of ideas and having, you know, like it, it, every every single time it's like a a, con, a, a terrible test of faith and uh, morals uh, yeah. that, you know, everybody's kind of driven into a corner. Um, One thing I like, too, is it largely leaves Valkyrie out of it. So it's, like, yeah. them on their own. It's not the hero kind of offering guidance. It's just them to figure this out. So mm. it kind of establishes them as their own self-contained character. No, I, mm. And I'm, I'm thinking of that with a Badrock. Like, yeah. Valkyrie shows up and she's like, uh, actually, it's it's Queen Helen Niflheim who's interested in your soul. <laughs> like, Look, if, if you don't have anything good to say, I'm just going to go... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do like that. What Arngrim and Mistina like can't be sent up. They're just kind of jerks, and not many people are really <laughs> interested in them. It's like, uh, okay, fine, you're strong, I guess. <laughs> but that that if you go for the A ending, that's absolutely absolutely key and works in Lena's favor. Hmm. And you get the one silly portrait in the game for the A ending yes! between. <laughs> There's a really silly portrait shared by Arngrim and Mistina where they actually get kind of like kind of dopey anime big eyes, you know, where they just look kind of stupid and they're pointing a finger. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> is that their is that their angry expressions when Lazard implies that they're all friends? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to me, like again, it's hard to talk about Lazard because he's obviously a villain, but we have him to thank for the for the better part of the story, right? Oh, absolutely. He is like the first real antagonist and driving point um, that makes yeah. it that makes the story appear that oh, everything is not as it seems. And you know, if everything was what it seemed, um, which again is why I'm really happy for his return in the second game because mm. yeah, like his his arc just did not feel finished. It felt like it just kind of mm. cut off, so you could focus on you know the main foil. I, I wish they handled him slightly differently in the sequel, but I'm yeah. still very very happy that he returned. I, I try not to think about the ending, but everything leading up to it was yeah. all right. Sure, yeah, yeah. agreed. <laughs> all I know about the second one is I never want to do the Tomb of the Venerated God again. Mm. God, that was a dungeon in this one too, I think actually. So I'm, that was another one of the dungeons. Like, oh my god, they brought it back. <laughs> yeah, that was me geeking out. By the way, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like I was doing a little surfing around on the wiki and stuff, and there are some uh, established connections between the Dungeons and Two and One, like the Sunken Shrine. Mm. Yeah. I think was could possibly potentially be the Temple on the Lake from Valkyrie Profile Two at oh, a different okay. point in time. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, all, all sorts of little goodies like that. The the PSP version added a, a, a cut like a CG cutscene for uh, the Japan the Japan hanging too. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I do love the boss there. That that the the headless king, you oh, know the giant, giant yeah. Oh my god, I thought that was so cool looking, especially for like what did happen to Barbarossa and how traumatizing it is to see his ghost is like a headless knight. Yeah, like yeah, then you see you know, him carrying his head around. That was like yeah, because um. You know, very very early on, uh, when um, when <laughs> Jolanda, right, I know we're jumping around. <laughs> uh, when Jolanda's uh, uh, advisor, when he, when her tutor turns out to be a necromancer, he transforms into the usual uh, uh, wizard sprite, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just you know because they, I guess because you know they couldn't afford to make a, a separate sprite for the, sprite for this character. So when I saw Barbarossa transform, I was like, mm, that's a really cool sprite, but like, why has this king transformed into a headless knight? And then you complete his story and see his execution at the guillotine, and it's like, oh, well, that actually makes yeah. perfect sense. And like this this bespoke sprite is here for a reason, and I was so I- impressed with that. <laughs> And Japan was such a beautiful place, so like it's yeah. kind of cool to see both, you know, it thrive and it in ruin as well. So yeah. I, I don't know, it's just a cool detail. Yeah, and you go back in time in it, right? Yes. You do. We yeah. should talk. We should talk about Japan and and yes. what happens here. This is another big turning point for the plot, and a huge tr- a huge plot point for the second game, which mm. is a prequel. So it's kind of cool that they linked them that way. Yeah. <laughs> and they do throw in uh, what's it called? what's her name, Alicia, like in a CG cutscene where she actually sees her father lose <laughs> lose mm. her head. <laughs> yeah, so that's a little traumatizing for the girl. So you were su- you were sent to this dungeon as you would be any other dungeon in Valkyrie Profile, but when you get there, uh, you encounter this this ghost of this king who is lamenting uh, why his country has fallen into ruin, and um, you know where are his advisors? And he is this the King Barbarossa and the kingdom of uh, Dipan, which has fallen many, many years before. And he becomes this ghost, this uh, headless knight who just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. You have to fight him twice, and then Valkyrie realizes she needs to find out what has caused his suffering. Why is he being bound Quick to this Quick shout-out to the awesome boss music. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he's, um, he's a unique and tough boss in that yeah. he's got a lot of hit points, and the game doesn't tell you this. You need to beat him in three turns, otherwise he'll activate his own purify weird soul and wipe out yeah, your party. He, oh, yeah. It's the first time you see enemies being able to use that great that great magic. Oh, the endgame bosses get so hard for that. Yeah, mm. basically all of them start dishing that kind of a thing out. They use your own tactics against mm. you, essentially. So, <laughs> if you just stroll into Dipan, you're not going to have a great time. <laughs> um, but, like, if, if you do you know, equip the right items and sort your party out accordingly, you can easily beat him on the first round. Yeah. And so, it is the first time you see Hrist as well, so you start to yeah. see, like, uh, the cycle. Uh, the game kind of teases out its own mythology very well. You know, where it's like, oh, there's a different Valkyrie. What's what's up with that? Well, now, there's a cycle of them. Here's something I didn't fully get. I You know, I got Hrist. Um, you know, so once you beat Barbarossa and you are going through uh, the kingdom to find out, you know, what happened, you end up teleported to the past and you see Dipan just before its fall. 
and here is where we see uh, Valkyrie Hrist uh, walking through town, and you you find that um, Barbarossa is being put to death for allegedly he's created a time machine which has angered the gods, and they have sent Valkyrie down to make an example of him by giving him a public execution. But here's what I didn't get. Um, Hrist uh, says, uh, uh, we've got Arngrim heading up the execution. And, you know, when you go to the gallows, you see Arngrim and Lawfer um, holding uh, holding up this guillotine. And, you know, it kind of throws into question how long you've known Arngrim or, you know, how long ago his spirit was, uh, his spirit and Lawfer's spirit and everybody's spirit was absorbed into, I guess, like into the gods' canon. Because, you know, at the beginning of the game, it seems like you have just been there right at the end of, of Arngrim's life. Um, but if he existed, like, thousands of years before, is this somebody else's Einheria? No, that's the idea, because the game is about reincarnation. So essentially oh. all the warriors get reincarnated and to use again for different for different Valkyries. Right, right, them. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so in this case, Hrist had a past version of Arngrim and okay. Lawfer. And Very Llewellyn good. and Mistina, too, if... Yes, I think they're there. Okay, thank and, you for clearing yeah, that up. Mistina <laughs> it's me being and, dense. And, like, Arngrim does appear also in uh, Valkyrie Profile, too, so it's kind he of does, a yeah. last yeah. He's, like, the first, the, uh... Oh, that would make sense, yeah, because he's, like, the first ally of, um... of Silmeria, and that's thousands of years before Lenneth, so... Yeah, I can't remember the time frame on that, but I think you're right. I, and I think they did try to cover their tracks as best they could, but mm. I know it's not easy. Um, okay, yeah, so so you go to Japan, you, you meet the three mages there who actually play a, a decent role in the second game. One of them mm. is a very JRPG pretty boy. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he's got, like, bangs and, like, a cool chic choker and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, he looks, he looks Nordic. Um, what was so, one of the um, other good ones? The, the mages, they conspired against the king. They created the time they machine, conspired. and they, they allowed him to take the fall for it. Yeah. Well, you were you return you return Barbarossa's head to him, or yeah, you return his head, his crown. His crown. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, because when you go to the past, the queen gives you his crown and says, you know, at least he should die like a king. But and you're she, too late. She yeah. recognizes that you're out of time. She recognizes yeah, that you don't belong in that does. time. And even when Hrist is walking through town, she recognizes that there's like an anomalous presence of another Valkyrie there. Yeah, so, she's like, wait, I feel so cool. let yeah, hmm. <laughs> I must be. Yeah, she kind of blows it off. She's like, "No, that can't be right." Mm. It's it is cool to see uh, Brahms's uh, Brahms's capture of of Silmaria kind of contextualized as well. Hmm. You know, where it's like, you know, who dead? <laughs> and then you find <laughs> out like Silmaria was kind of held held up there because Brahms was trying to protect her. Because again, this whole system that the gods have created is just completely mm. crooked. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it in any good story, you will be questioning why you are doing what you are doing. And in Brahms' case, you really do sense this kind of, like, noble uh, noble sense that he's trying to do the right thing and that he's not entirely your enemy. Not just because he says, I'm not your enemy, but there yeah. is this real sense of, like, he's got his he's got his set of morals and they're not um, they're not exactly in opposition to yours. It's just the way circumstances yeah. have shaken out. Yeah. I do like when you don't beat his dungeon in time, it just lets you kind of fall into <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it just disappears and you're like in the air. She'll be fine. Seems a little <laughs> she, Castlevania. She's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which reminds me, I'm so excited for Indivisible, which, you know, because Trius doesn't seem to be interested in making Valkyrie profile-esque games anymore. Well, I'm happy that... that, like, Indivisible is giving it a shot. Don't you want to try that gacha game? 
Which one? There's there's oh, a Valkyrie the... Gacha game now. I think it's Japanese only. Uh, Valkyrie Atom- and Anatomy. I did look it up. Yeah, Anatomy. Uh, yeah, Anat- something like that. Yeah, uh, th- and they do even have their own Valkyrie bikini outfits. So I mean, that's that's exciting. Yeah, that's right. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's necessary. And then there's also Covenant of the Plume, which makes me feel like a horrible person every time I play it. It wasn't good, was it? I don't even remember it is what my final verdict was on that. I remember yeah, it being well, interesting, but not I very good. It. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's just because you were, you were like, I don't know, you're using your allies and basically killing them. And like, the point is to overkill your enemies. It's just, it's too much. Hmm. <laughs> It was a sloppy mix of SRPG and Valkyrie profile, and it just yeah. did not work. Ah, oh, man. Um, yeah, why didn't they just give us Valkyrie profile Christ, man? That's all we wanted. Um, infuriatingly... I, I wonder I, how that would work, because Christ is just so unlikable on every level. And I mean, you know, Lenneth can yeah. be unlikable, but Christ is just like... She is like lawful evil. There doesn't has, seem like there is much going on in ways of redemption for she, her. She yeah, has her no, but she has her moments in Valkyrie profile too, where she's yeah, yeah, where she is actually getting conflict, you know, internal mm, conflict, and okay. starts to hate what she does. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Well, it's interesting because in the original Valkyrie profile, this is your introduction to her in Japan, and she's basically like destroyed the city, yeah, and has just completely upheaved everything. And, and just she's to got make this, the point like, clear, sort of... she's got all black armor and black feathers. Like, <laughs> right. I am the evil one, okay? She's got, like, this sadistic, like, furious smile on her face in her oh, portrait yeah. as well. Also, she's she's relishing in what she's doing. All of the elves are just angry. <laughs> they didn't do multiple portraits for the elves, That's and they're true. just all angry portraits. <laughs> and they're wearing some sort of, like, dirty, like like flower sack like they all have the same sprite <laughs> it doesn't look like the armor in game the, their artwork looks beautiful the game's artwork is really nice a few yeah, but, faces, but it's nice yeah they're all just wearing some sort of like flower sack and <laughs> they, like a, like i think they kind of ran out of time with those yeah yeah i can i can understand the angry sprites when lazard is dealing with one of the elves though because that's pretty awful he's torturing them i think yeah well, that's how he's yeah he's turning yeah. them into his homunculi homunculi yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like yeah that the story kind of teases out like, see, look at the see if we weren't being so racist against elves, we could have a whole bunch of like half elf, half human gods, <laughs> you know. But no, the elves are stupid heads. No, the humans are dummies. You know, uh, stupid racism. But mm. yeah, no. So I, I do think it's interesting that God and elf make, no, sorry, elf and human make God, and that's mm. what Odin did, and that's what Odin is, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't I know. Yeah, right. I don't know why yeah. the game sets up half elves as like the, the the pinnacle of everything. But there you go. It is kind of yeah. It, it's interesting. It's, popu- it's has popular with X Wolf Team, isn't it? They did that in uh, Tales of Symphonia as well, which was another X Wolf Team game. Hmm. But I don't think they were powerful. They were just kind of uh, weren't, weren't, weren't they? Uh, was it the half well, elves the, who were uh, oppressing everybody, or was it the true elves in that game? No, it, it, no. Well, the true elves were just keeping themselves, and they were a bunch of dicks, you know. So they just kind of stayed in their forest. Who were uh, but half in the elves, camps? half elves, half who were elves. The Nazis? Yeah, so they, yeah, yeah. So the half elves were doing that, but then there's also the set of half elves who just like took to the sky because nobody else wanted them. They just oh, live yeah. in a floating place in the sky because everybody rejects them. So sad. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just. Nobody likes the half elves, and yeah. everybody keeps making half elf babies. <laughs> Clearly, the elves got something going, you know. Like that's that's driving the humans nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the the forest of spirits was a pretty tough dungeon just because I didn't know what to do in that for the longest time. 
Mm. Uh, yeah, this is I, this I is our first dungeon where we're. Of, sorry, yeah, go ahead. The ruins of Amnati or whatever the there's like a the tomb. Yes, yeah, that one is the hardest. It goes on forever. Ever. That is a um, hard, a hard uh, difficulty dungeon, dungeon afraid, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I missed yes, that out. Yes, it's the Egyptian one. Kind of. <laughs> I've got to say, one of the silliest and most fun just kind of like events that you kind of puzzle platforming events you have to do is destroying the beards on the giant like pharaoh head <laughs> statues to slide under them to, so they don't push you out of the room. That, that just cracked me up. <laughs> um Okay, so, uh, oh yeah, th- there's also Lysaria that you get in hard mode, and I always liked her sprite because she casts by, like, spinning around and, like, just, like, having one of the louder voices in the game. She's like, <laughs> fire! Like, yeah. Um, so she was really cool. Um, you wrote for Chapter 8, there's some sort of oversight, so I'm curious what you were saying about that. Um, well, I guess my oversight, what I meant by saying there's an oversight in Chapter 8 is, um, it felt like not a lot was happening there. Like, you've already recruited all of your Einheria, and um, I kind of felt like they were kind of rushing you through to the finish line at that point. Unless I guess you... that, like, you don't do the A-ending stuff. You essentially yeah. have no story to tell. There, you, there's a you, lot more you happening played the rules in hard by mode, the book. Huh? Yeah. yeah. You play the rules by the book, so literally you did your duty and you ended the story. Yeah, you are kind of, you know, you're punished for doing so. Uh, literally, with, yeah, with, quite. With the B-ending, you're... It's very much... Like, it feels like... um like an arcade game ending almost for B. I mean you you have your you have your final battle against Cert and anybody who knows their Norse mythology knows that um Cert is not the big boy of uh of Ragnarok. Nope. Um, and once you finish Cert you're rewarded with like a text scroll of Freya saying like you have done well. Now rest our heroes. Goodbye. Uh, and then the credits roll. Uh, <laughs> it's like well there's you know it's it's like, hmm, but I guess there like, is something more happening right? here. Because I mean, yeah, the whole point is that you do want to rebel. You know, you gotta, you gotta yeah. go fight the gods. Yeah, I mean, the, the more you look, the more you go along the path to the ending, the the more it's absolutely one hundred percent clear that if there's a good person in this game, it's actually not Odin or Freya either. Definitely yeah. not. No, they are doing everything they can to stay in control. Um, so, what, what was some of the stuff that... I, I definitely didn't care much for Loki as a, as a villain either. He felt very run-of-the-mill. Like, run mm. I am evil. I have the dragon orb and the spirit orb. Like, there's just so many, like, deus ex machina devices in this game, but... Um, and they also just have him hanging out, which he never really... You know, he didn't yeah. really do that in the mythology. So, like, they kind of pretend that it's a twist of having him, you know, betray um, the Pantheon... But they, they just kind of it, trust you know that he's probably going to be up to some shit because you know yeah. hey, it's Loki uh, yeah, that it's, that, yeah. that rascal you yeah <laughs> um I, I do like Odin's onesie <laughs> 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 and his like kind of dual sided super sword thing I thought that thing was cool mm, he's a bit yes. of a pushover though like Odin doesn't really get much done in this there's so much plot in this game it definitely doesn't feel like they really milked it for all they could have. Mm. Well, it's from what I understand, good, there though. there was more on the cards, but this uh, ended up being quite way. ended up being quite rushed. So there's a lot more in the yeah. design documents than actually made it into the game. So when a so to start triggering the a ending, I guess we'll kind of fill you in. I guess Hillary and I'll kind of fill you mm-hmm. in what happens. Please, I, I um, almost got there. I almost got there this time, and I didn't. So. so, like, what it is, is the entire path of the Valkyrie is that, like, she does her duty, but what it is, is you do all these things that lower your seal value because mm. they kind of help you rebel. So mm. you go visit the place where you died, and you kind of 
have a moment. They have given her some like serious MK Ultra brainwashing. Yeah, no, yeah. and that's why she says how nostalgic at the beginning of the game because she's in a flower field in Valhalla, right? Mm-hmm. And she's she's <laughs> and fantasizing so she... about being married as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, never understood that part. Uh, I figured that she was just like thinking about how things could have been, but yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, they they really don't flesh that out. Yeah, but, um, um, I guess it it's like a, a snatch of her humanity and her her romantic nature left over from when she was Platina and felt strongly about about Lucian, perhaps. Yeah, felt strongly about a boy. Yeah, mm. <laughs> she was about to be sold off to slavery. That's such a sad start of the game, man. <laughs> it really, really sets, sets the really sets the tone. Yeah, yeah, she's sold off and dies, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> um, and her mom's a real pill. Um, okay, so <laughs> you you visit the the field where you know she dies and she kind of starts having a moment. She meets Lucian, where she starts getting a whole bunch of funny feelings in her. Uh, she meets Brahms, who kind of kind of teases out that the the cycle is kind of you know meant to just make them work and kind of disregard a lot of their feelings and a lot of what mm-hmm. happens you meet you Lazard meet... who wants to become a god himself but that kind of plays into what the end game Ooh, yeah. yeah okay so that's a big one the whole mm-hmm. thing with Lazard doing his monculi thing is that he kind of he essentially saves the game uh, unwittingly because um, mm. what it is is they tried to destroy um, they tried to destroy Lenneth and yeah, Chris, so she, do you know this better than me? I forgot a bit. Oh no, no, no it's okay. Um, so yeah, basically, what happens is you meet all those characters, and in Lazard's case, he knows m- way more than he should about who Lenneth is and how gods work. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and so the big thing is when you go to send Lucy into Valhalla. I think we already talked about that a little bit. He sort of brings out a lot more of her humanity. Um, and then there's the scene when Lucian's in Valhalla. I think that's, I think that's what happens next. Lucian goes up, and this is where Loki starts to do his, you know, betrayal. I'm the bad guy, sort of thing. Is he sets Lucian up? He tries to talk to Lenneth, and so what it does instead yeah. is it just exposes him as a villain instead. And Lucian basically gets kind of written off the story for a little bit. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, he dies as a nine Harrier, which I guess shows that yes, you can die again even if you go to Valhalla. Um, Aww. And he gets framed for stealing the dragon orb, which is a very important artifact. So, Bas- yeah, it, the plot gets really convoluted here. <laughs> yeah, so hmm. so basically, everyone in Valhalla is thinking that Loki kind of saved the day, and Lucian was trying to steal this dragon orb. Um, but when Lucian was trying to talk to Valkyrie, um, he was talks about this earring, which presumably was an earring of Platina's. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he keeps trying to give her one of them and he says something like, I think you, you'll be able to figure out where the other one is. So, mm. if you, um, very late on in the game, you'll get the the meadow again in spiritual concentration and that's basically how you start the A ending is you go back there and she, the seal totally breaks on her memories and that's when Odin yeah. Frey- Odin and Freya say, "Oh, that's that's not good. We have that's to see." She's got her memories back. We gotta we gotta shut her down and bring yeah. out the next one right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what it is is that Hriss takes over for a little while, and uh, the two that you can't send, uh, Mistina and Arngrim, who can't be sent, are the ones who kind of instigate. Uh, you know, who kind of start putting together getting Valkyrie back. And yeah. what they do is they use Lazard Valet's uh, homunculi that mm. resemble Lenneth, anyways. Uh, to to actually trans I guess to sort of transmute her into the into a new body. 
Yeah, so basically, uh, Arngrim and Mistina refuse to serve Hrist. Just flat out. And She's a cow. <laughs> and <meaning. laughs> um, And so... Leneth is still sort of awake, not quite in Valkyrie sleep mode yet, and she protects them, so her consciousness gets kind of shattered. So Lazard shows up, of course, at the conveniently at the exact right time, tells Mistina to freeze the fragments. So they have kind of pieces of Leneth's consciousness, but they need Christ. They need the like the Valkyrie body as well to bring Leneth back. So they all figure out that Christ probably immediately went to go confront Brahms. So then you go to Brahms's castle. And oh, yeah, yeah. Christ is there. Brahms is a little offended because Christ is not at her full power. You know, she's kind of... Waking up. Yeah, waking up relatively weak. And he's like, <laughs> maybe you should have waited. And like, and then the Aunt Harry are show up. Should I use the, the party experience <laughs> that I had? Right. <laughs> Um, and then the and then um, Arngrim and Mistina show up with Lazard, so all of them actually end up confronting Christ, and you fight her, hmm. and you get the necessary pieces to uh, do basically the same kind of ritual that Odin and Freya would do, and you awaken Leneth. So what it is is that Lazard, being all power trippy, he wanted the homunculi, which are half elf, which are yeah half elf and human which essentially is a god, and they put Gleneth in there, which effectively makes her into a goddess. Uh, so she kind of gets, yeah, bumped up after all the events. Hmm. Um, yeah, so like, so she comes back as essentially a half-elf, half-human, which makes her one of the most powerful beings in existence um, through pure luck. <laughs> she she made friends with the right people, and they help her come back as a goddess. Um, and so with that... In this that, nihilistic cause... tale, even the power of friendship will prevail. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so essentially that's what happens so like mm. where the B ending feels very very standard you, you beat very the abrupt. bad guy and the ending happens mm. yeah so this one is essentially you did it everything right and all the pieces fit into play you learn about the homunculi you actually get to become one of the homunculi you become a god and so what it is is when Ragnarok happens you actually become the one like and the world essentially gets destroyed all of it becomes completely obliterated you still survive and you're able to bring it all back yeah, you you basically the some, uh, something something I was reading. I wish I could remember exactly what it was. Put it really well when they said basically the entire world becomes her Iron Harry R, which is kind of yeah, that's what she does, right? She just sort of <laughs> brings like magi- it back, like Magica Matica. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so so the ending consists of she comes back, and it's Loki you're confronting. Who has Loki has challenged Odin kind of in the meantime, and Odin had to split his power to protect Freya, I think. Mm. So things are really, really bad. So Leneth is the one who ends up having to uh, take goes him down. down like and... such a chump, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, Odin, no. Yeah, and Freya gets her last, like, yeah, very tear filled speech. Um, but you also do start to see Leneth like completely break down. Like when she uh, when she does kind of come back, like she just comes back crying. She's so sad that she treated Lucian like crap. She's so sad that she, you know, the love of her of her previous life was, you know, she just sent him away and she couldn't see him again. Uh, she finds the earring that he, that he wanted her to have, and she's yeah, just breaking down completely. Yeah, she has this whole thing of like, who really left who? Because now you were a nine Harriar, but you are just gone. Yeah, you died as a nine Harriar, so. So I'm alone yeah. 
And so when she confronts uh, Freya at the end too, you know, she's like, you know, why do you care about these humans? She's like, why don't you? <laughs> you know, they they they're the same. They're you know they're also living their lives. They're also feeling tragic. All sorrow is a lot. You know, all loss is sorrow. You you spend this whole game. Um, you see all these tragic stories of of humanity and the cruelty um, of of just how unfair life is. But playing yeah. as Leneth, up until this point, um, you are completely detached. The matters of the human world aren't really any business of yours other than just, you know, recruiting soldiers for your divine war. So It's actually good it to have to your perspective head, on that, too. Yeah. Because you kind of see how it plays out if you do just kind of, you know, stay the course. Do your job. <laughs> yeah, you just did your job and that's it. Yeah. So it's a good perspective to have of yours because, yeah, the entire end game completely changes otherwise. Hmm. Oh, so I have a question for both of you. Um, uh-huh. Favorite Ein Harriar from, I guess, Chapter 3 on that we haven't talked about yet? Mm. Uh, I actually really liked uh, Lorenta. I just like the way she just stands there and her, her rod just kind of floats around her. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was actually really cool looking. <laughs> All the mages are basically the same in that game, so I didn't mind just keeping her there. I was just like, yeah, okay, you stay put. Yeah, L- Lorenta was my go-to mage just by virtue of how much uh, cool charisma she had. Um, I liked her a great deal, mm-hmm. much for the same reason as you. Um, she's a uh, tough headmistress who has a um, like keeps her cool, even though she has like a like the worst thing happens to her. Um, <laughs> who's that unfortunate girl who it's like accompanies like four different Einherjar? She's the only one to live, and she's Celia. Like, Celia, yeah. she looks so sad. She's, She's part of the mercenaries band with with Arngrim and Lawfer oh, and Cashel yeah. and Gray. It gets worse when you recruit Gray. Yeah, she it, goes she because goes, yeah. Do, do tell Hillary. The whole point of all, their a lot of their group was to track Gray down and like figure out why he did some why some really awful stuff happened, and she finally she's the only one left. By the time they find him, she <laughs> finds him. And basically, you know, why did this happen, Gray? And she starts to threaten him, and then she drops her sword and goes, I, I can't do it. I, I can't threaten you, because if I did, I'd be completely alone. And then Gray basically just goes, I'm sorry, and disintegrates and becomes one of your high Harriar, leaving her completely alone. Completely alone. And she collapses. Like, it's, everyone yeah. has a sad oh, ending. Sad. And, like, it doesn't help that her face already looks so sad and pouty to begin with. Like, she just was born to look sad. Um, yeah, so she's the only one left. Grey disintegrates. Oh, God, there's so many good characters in this game. Hang on. There's, I know there's a few late game players that I just stopped bothering with, too, so that kind of makes me sad. Um, I wasn't too fond of it, of many of the late game characters. Um, I like Jail quite a bit. Um, and her story. Her story she, was good too. She's not a great damage dealer. Her uh, her purify weird soul hits a lot, which is good. But her story is great. Um, she's yeah. she's this kind of like Mulan figure, where she has uh, disguised herself as a man to join the military in Kralmonfran, and um, she's uncovered by her captain uh, Fawn, and uh, he keeps her secret because the two of them fall in love. And <laughs> like, uh, they um. they both plot. <laughs> To assassinate uh, Magnus, who's a member of of this theocracy who rules Kralmonfran, um, because he's what a history in this game that that they take you through, and it's yeah. kind of cool that some of them kind of link into each other. So he's he's a he's a member of this theocracy, and he is supposedly a member of some strange like devil worshipping cult, and um, he 
once he's confronted by Fawn in jail, uh, he summons this demon temptress, Genevieve, who casts this um, charming spell, which renders all the men immobile. But it doesn't work on jail because she's a lady, and this is a heteronormative mm-hmm. fairy tale. Um, so, of course, there's the moment of, wait, why didn't this work on you? Oh! That's right. You're a woman. <laughs> so, all... It's revealed at that point that both Jail and Fawn used each other. They both... Like, Fawn knew that Jail was a woman, so he was going to use her to confront Genevieve, whereas Jail knew that Fawn would be an in to uh, taking down Magnus. So they both had the same goal, but were coming at it from different devious angles. And uh, Fawn, due to the uh, uh, charm of Genevieve, ends up running Jail through. And that's how oh. that's how she joins us as a, uh, as a Nine Haria. Yeah, it's so it's super frustrating too because you you fight Genevieve like Valkyrie shows mm. up and she fights with Genevieve. Well, I do like how Valkyrie shows up to kind of clean up some of the mess that these characters make before they die. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it's like she'll show up because like stuff is wrong and just kind of how you're doing your your dungeon runs. You know, oh hey, Valkyrie showed up here too now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, you, it, it all you've fits made the game. that big a mess to attract Valkyrie's <laughs> right. attention. <laughs> I was going to say Genevieve's actually pretty, pretty interesting because this is another person who maybe knew Valkyrie before, and yeah. also teases Jail a little bit and says, "Oh yeah, you, you you think you've used each other, but that's that's really also just hiding your true feelings." Hmm. So I don't know. So you fight her, and then once you defeat her, she's like, "Oh, okay." But you might want to pay attention to what's going on behind you, and <laughs> you see that Fawn has just stabbed Jail. Mm. <laughs> um, one thing I will say, like I, in terms of characters, I don't know how many in the late game I liked, just because I tried to stay with a lot of mine. Mm-hmm. I, I did, I, like I always kept Arngrim in, just because he was a good heavy damage dealer. Mm. But uh, it's the dungeons that honestly kept me coming back, just because I loved mm. how unique they were and how much fun they were to play through. And I love just being able to bounce around and, like, create crystals and all that stuff. And fight different enemies of different mythologies and all that. I wish there was a little bit more going on with the dungeons. And, like, some mechanics seem, like, kind of underutilized. Like, the using, like, the the shattered crystal step thing only happens maybe twice near the end, which doesn't really... I didn't mind that just because I I hated the Mm. way it was programmed and it took me forever to understand it. Because, of course, this game doesn't really explain it very good. I mean, I hated the way it was programmed, too. But, like, if they did a better job explaining it and maybe teaching you how to do it... Um, instead yeah. of just like yeah. having you puzzle it out at the eleventh hour, you um, do it a lot more on hard mode, like a <laughs> lot more. Ah, that makes sense. If you have a chance, try to play it again for the for the A ending. I think you'll mm-hmm. you'll see a pretty dramatic difference. Uh, I, ver- I very much like to, and I've got to save at chapter four, so I probably will load that up and go for A at some point. The dungeons you get in hard mode are especially really interesting, and it is one of those games because the game actually gives you way better equipment in the A ending. It's actually more easy in some instances. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, the only two exceptions are, of course, the Tower of Lizard Ballast, which is incredibly hard, and the Ruins of Emneti. The Tomb of Emneti. I forgot. I always forget how to pronounce it, and I don't read it close enough. Did you guys do the Seraphic Gate as well? Only a little bit. <laughs> I have been to the Seraphic Gate in the past. I didn't go this time, but I have been trounced by hamsters. So <laughs> I know that that is a thing, and that is a thing that I very much like. <laughs> um, it's just cool to see some of the, some of the like, uh, what is it? You get Brahms? You get Brahms and Lizard. 
Yeah, and Freya. Hazard and Freya as, as right. secret characters for mm. unfortunately just that one dungeon. But, I, but they are the best. One of the issues with this Rafa Gay is like there's no way back from it, is there? So no. it's like it's, it's self contained. It's sort of sad that way. Yeah, I mean, like kind of. I always kind of felt like, oh, what's the point of like going through this dungeon and? I don't you even know, think it's that hard. Items, so it's not even a really good challenge. It's just there yeah, to just, just milk a few extra things, and that's it. It's just there, but like yeah. you, you can't take anything back to the main game. It's just that's just that thing. So this is one of those games that will give you incredibly difficult normal encounters. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like some of them will just will like ohko you in an instant. Hmm. Yeah, and at the end of the game, you start needing to get those like counter skills and the and the auto revive or the guts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like that. Yeah. They call it guts, like. Urgh! Hanging on. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's and and even like if you're if you're lazy or trying to to rush, um, you'll be using those in the main game too. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, because some of the end game end game bosses basically just do a purify weird soul every single turn. So essentially, you need that to live. Yeah, that's nasty. <laughs> yeah, but, eh, it's, it's the challenge though. It makes you all that much more satisfied at the end. You're like, mm. yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the examples I was thinking of when I said this is a game that sort of wants you to like defy the conventions and break it a little bit. The fact that they have a skill that mm. means running out of HP really isn't as much of an issue. Your levels I'll... don't really matter as much as much as the skills that you give your characters, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dungeons are just really nicely designed, too. Like, again, I love how they all have their own identity. I'm gonna, like, I, I played a bit of it, just, I do have most of the game memorized, but I'm probably gonna, like, start it up again, actually, because I, I really love it. Hmm. Um, like I said before, like I think uh, Valkyrie is like one of my favorite female protagonists for you know being hard, for being soft, for letting her fall in love, for letting her be about her duty, for not letting love be what makes her weak. She's you she know? really breaks the mold from other female JRPG protagonists. She well, they, yeah, they like, didn't excellent that, job uh, with her. Like in the sort of tens of this decade, you know, like we had what uh, Lightning and the two Tails ones, so Mila and and uh, Velvet, who mm. were just very stoic for most of the game. Mm. They're just very cold and hard people for most of the game, and that's cool. Like, like sure, you got to have your tough heroine in there, but I don't know, it's just not as flexible, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and I always yeah. thought Valky- Valkyrie was a very self-contained, you know, powerful heroine on her own. I love her with yeah. a bow and arrow, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kept her I, with a bow and arrow for most of it. Me too. Yeah, it's interesting. It makes her feel like a very, very complete character, as opposed to I think some of the others who are just like kind of stoic and hard for most of the game. Because mm-hmm. it's harder Worst to see that birthday growth. ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's harder to see that growth. It's harder to see them as like a complete person. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I actually like that, that, you know, Valkyrie felt pretty fl- flexible in terms of personality. It was still cold, it was still hard, you know, because she had a very important duty bestowed mm. upon by the gods and all that. Um, but, you know, she when she does break the mold, like, you know, you see a complete breakdown of her character and a whole 180 of her entire design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's great that they brought her voice actress back for the second game, and they, they I guess they let them have more than one shot at lines so she was a bit more dramatic. <laughs> Maybe sounded like it wasn't recorded in a bathtub. Oh, yeah. It was still pretty good for voice acting at the time. Mm. I don't know, like, good luck understanding what anybody's saying from, during yeah, spiritual good, con- it's concentration. Okay. Not a clue. Oh, yeah. yeah. With all the, too much too much uh, reverb on, uh, yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah, you can't. And some of them are really, it's like, from the darkness of the below weight, you know, all the, it's like, oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> just, just kill them, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I did like the timing aspect for a lot of this too. Uh, the timing aspect of the battle system. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's such a cool battle system. Triace, what happened to you? Where have you gone? Well, you, you know, Triace, they've... <sighs> I'm not a big fan of what Triace is doing at the moment in terms of their own games, but, I mean, they uh, contributed they to... A lot of a, yeah, they help a lot of other uh, companies out, right? Yeah, they worked on they worked on the battle systems for Lightning Returns and Final Fantasy XV. Um, so, I mean, like, I think that those were okay... Battle system, like, that's a thing. Trius has always excelled at least on a gameplay aspect, mm-hmm. less story. I think this is literally Valkyrie Profile's the only game where I actually really got invested in the story. The I other think ones it is, of... it is by far, like, their, it's their best I'm story. I'm going to say most and, complete, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, by, by my own biased standards, I think it's, like, their only story that's really saying something. Have you yeah. played a Radi- Radiata Stories? I sure have. The end game for that one is just so upsetting. What is going on in that game? That game is crazy. It's such a hot mess, yeah. And, like, the the game kind of urges you to take the non-human path, but it is such a depressing story either way you go. Yeah. Like, there, there's the, nothing the, good the with the way that game The depressing adventures of Jack Russell. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this poor dog man. Of this yeah. poor dog boy. Yeah, and his Aww. doomed relationship with a pigtailed-haired girl. Hmm. Um, yeah, that game was depressing, and I hated it. Um, yeah. I, I like the stuff in town, and I like the lighthearted pace of everything, but then all of a sudden the game gets way too serious. At, at least Valkyrie Profile, it kind of sets the tone and keeps the tone. It's a, it's a rare JRPG that does keep that tone all the way through. I mean, even in it's pretty a lot consistent. of the more... Yeah. Even a lot of yeah. more serious JRPGs, they have, like, moments of levity that are a bit ill-fitting, but there's very, very little of that here. There's just, like, you know, Jolanda eats all the food and causes a scene, <laughs> and then you fight some hamsters. But, like, in between that, it's just like, well... This is just a bad time for everybody, and like it's kind of bad almost to being the point of parody almost, but I really respected its commitment to its to its grim tone, yeah, and I mean some of the uh, some of the other moments I can think of are like Miss Dina and Arngrim talking mm-hmm. and probably probably a little bit in Badrock's story too, hmm. just with with Valkyrie just kind of being like, okay. I don't have time for this. But still, it's not you are like not a good person. it's not like Badrack doing um, pratfalls. Um, it's Badrack no. explaining just like how bad he is and thinking that it's you know an achievement. So it, it, it's yeah. it's com- it's it's comic relief, but it's fitting with the tone. Yeah, it's yeah. more like abs- absurd yeah. and still kind of dark. Yeah, his art is it's magic, very dark. So if he sounds weird and goofy, it's because he is just a little bit insane. Hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and like even the second game, like they had their moments of levity, but for the most part, like it had a very good, um, tragic, romantic kind of tone to it. Hmm. But yeah, it's a shame you don't really see any more from the series anymore. And I know people would love it, and people are still really, really into this game. And it's a shame they haven't even done like a PlayStation Vita port or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, I I give it a a huge number of points for storytelling like it's not perfect it's but different. i think it's well right they they utilize such, such a different method of storytelling than you hmm. often see in jrpgs that and they, they do it. the entire style of this game if yeah. you're really confused going in it's because there's no game that actually works like this right you know <laughs> that has you from the perspective of god looking down you know yeah. and switching chapters and periods and you know running on a limited time but not like, it's a very weird game, and I think a lot of people have really come around to it because it is so cool in the end. 
I would very much like to see uh, this game and Silmaria ported to um, like Vita and, you know, in Silmaria's case for PS4. Um, I don't know if I would trust... Oh. I don't know if I would trust oh. Tri-Ace to do, like, a Valkyrie profile first at this stage. Because, I mean, even... I was going like, to say, what was that other game that they actually did that was a lot like this? Is that, is, um, Exist it takes Archive? place in the afterlife. Yeah, that's it. Exist Archive, yeah. which I heard was kind of middling as well. Alana reviewed it, and she did not like it at all. Dang. So... I think that one probably hit a bit too close to the kind of JRPG, the kind of JRPG tropes, where again it's just kind of a little silly in in bad ways. Yeah, um, you know, it doesn't quite hit an emotional tone without kind of sabotaging it with weird humor. But like, I I do believe that like Valkyrie Profile and Star Ocean Five had the same script writer, so oh, it's like, well, God. you know, what happened there? I mean. I think if they did a Valkyrie profile now, it would be full of like squealing little girls in underwear. And like, I don't want to know you about first, that. When you first run into Miki in Star Ocean 5, it's like, hey, isn't that Miki? I can't believe she's already 18. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is that what we first needed to hear? Like, <laughs> uh, Pl- Platina, why are your boobs so much bigger than mine? <laughs> um, so, you know. I, 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 <laughs> I, I think I think what we got is near miraculous in how um, real. Just like how even it Star Ocean out. Two. Star Ocean Two is probably the second best effort for at least kind of being consistent. But yeah, these, these games yeah. are all over the place with their story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> come on, Trice. We want you to come back. We loved you. Hmm. <laughs> Um, what was it though? But yeah, out of out of ten, what would you rate this? How many uh, how many Ein Harriers out of ten? Oh my! <laughs> A lawfer out of ten, which is a ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I like his voice too. It's like, yeah, when he misses his purify weird soul, he's like, uh, I shall take you down, and like you don't kill them. It's like, fine, I shall strike again. <laughs> Tammy in the best ways. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, fine, I shall blow again. Oh yeah, when he's yeah when he's starting it, it's like it's both sides of it. It's like when he starts, it, he's like, "I'll stake everything on this final blow," and then like, "Yeah, that's right." Oh, fine, I well, shall strike again. There will be another time. <laughs> <laughs> I do like. Uh, I actually really do love Jelanda too. I think her character was just absolutely a laugh riot. Oh, for, she's great. Yeah. Yeah, that spoiled princess thing really worked, and I loved seeing her sprite get mad and wearing a silly bonnet. <laughs> yeah, her face turns red, and then like all Arnold the color knew right away it was her, her too, right? Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's a, it's a bonnet and glasses. Of course, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're Clark Kent disguised, disguised to stop right. me. <laughs> Um, you send her up to Valhalla. Like, if you choose to send her up to Valhalla, she like gets really pushy with the gods, and they're like, "Come on, lady, you can't do this here." <laughs> I like how when she send her, her back, are, just send her back. <laughs> I like how her, her exploits are recognized. She's always like, "Don't worry, the Vanir aren't going to win while I'm here. Everything's gonna be fine." <laughs> um, oh my god, yeah. So, so. Did anything particularly interesting happen in Valhalla with any of your Ein Because I think the most interesting thing that happened to me is immediately when I sent Lawfer up, like I got a lot of his worst. You sent like, him minded. up? I did. I did. Stop person. I know. Uh, but all I immediately right, go got, I got, I got all of his negative, like minus five hero value events. <laughs> oh, where, geez. you know. How, how dare you refuse to torture people and like let wounded prisoners escape? 
Uh, Um, that's not what Valkyrie taught you like I have no idea I don't know why that I didn't have a lot interesting going on um I please please play the game again get the A ending and let us know what you think (laughs) because it's really worth it to just kind of see like how everything kind of turns out for the most part though the A ending does have a very abrupt ending as well like you know like Hmm. you know she she kisses her man and, and like roll credits (laughs) <laughs> so I think it's great that the second game actually really picks up nicely from where the first game sort of leaves off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they kind of catch up on on some of the the missing elements of the of the first game where they just kind of ended it and said, "All right, wrap it's, it up, package it out." It's been so long since I played that second game. I'd have to give it another look. I mean, I am curious, but I also have some some bad memories. So it's so hard. Yeah. Like, the main game in that game is ridiculously difficult. You have to use those, like, uh, pedestals and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, Oh, the environment? A... Right, the the seal stone. You uh, need those, basically. You uh, have to use those. You're going to get your, your ass completely whooped. Yeah, You do, and it's like every time you go into a new dungeon, it's impossible until you find the dais, remove whatever yeah. the seal stone is there. Uh, there, again, there's a few uh-huh. good ways to kind of tease out the game where it's like if you send, if you uh, beat a certain chapter with story characters really high level, you get some super gear, which really helps. Because again, some of the fi- the second half dungeons are again incredibly difficult because mm-hmm. you're on your own. It's like wow. Um, I think Rufus is the only good story character. Everybody else in that game is is completely subpar. Yeah, even I remember. Alicia. I remember them all being a bit of a write off. <laughs> But I used them. I was like, oh, okay, hey, it's it's Lazard. I bet he's good. And he was not. <laughs> <laughs> almost almost worth it for the ridiculous, like, battle sayings. Almost. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we, should, we should totally do a Valkyrie Profile 2 one. We'll give ourselves, yeah, like, we half a, a year up. to do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll give ourselves a lot of time to kind of let it. And I think uh, Trias games were notorious, notoriously difficult to Game Shark too. So, like, even if you just wanted to get through it with Game Shark, the game does not let you do it easily. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, to no. bypass it, there was, like, 20 lines of code that you had to type in. It was ridiculous. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so Valkyrie Profile does not make it easy to love, but when you do, it's really easy to love. It's um also surprisingly breezy for a JRPG of this era, of this era especially Tri-Ace games, which tend to be, like, what do you mean? I'm curious. Seventy hours, um, and I I managed to get to the B ending in a good twenty five hours this time around. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it would have been longer uh, if I was doing hard mode with all of those horrible dungeons. But <laughs> oh, they they will really test your patience. Some of them, some of them are mm. just incredibly tough. Mm. I think the fi- there's like a fire dungeon one too. That just same thing just really makes you work timing. That's, that's, it. The, that's, that's the first place where the platforming really gets a lot more complicated, I think, because that's yeah. when you really have to learn to use the, the, the glowy you, tree guys, steps. Yeah. Did you guys like when you press select and you have, like, one of two themes either go, the dungeon one or the dramatic, you know, I'm tone deaf. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, you kind of hear people kind of crying out. Thank you. You kind of yeah. hear people either dying or if it's the dungeon theme, you're like, all right, where are we going? And, mm-hmm. and then finally some of the really tough dungeons start to pop up and you're like, oh, shit, this one. <laughs> you're like, no. <laughs> like, no, I remember this one. <laughs> Go uh, away, like, Tombs of Amenti. They're difficult, but I feel good after every time I beat them. Yeah. And they give That's you that fair. victory music as you're running out, right? That is some cool <laughs> victory music. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mike, end, end the podcast with this song. 
I, I will find it for you. <laughs> I, th- I, I think we might have ended the last episode with it. Oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll find some good tracks. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, I think I've spoken my piece, though. I love this game, and I'm so glad you guys let me come into the podcast halfway through. Oh, no, it was great to have you. I'm sorry we couldn't have you in the first episode, but um, I'm... Any, any, any really... final thoughts that we got to wrap up with? Yeah, Hillary, like, you uh, go right ahead. What you think? I will just say that I'm really, 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 really glad that I played through on hard mode. It is a huge difference. It's intimidating at first, and it's it's so easy to kind of go like hard mode, but it is probably the best mode to take on. And, you know, when you do get it and when you finally get your A rank uh, cutscenes and all that stuff, it is an incredibly satisfying run. Hmm. Yeah. I think Valkyrie Profile has aged incredibly well um, for a... 18-year-old PlayStation 1 JRPG. Um, I... 2D games really do, though. Like, PlayStation 2D games have aged very, very well. Mm, I had a really good time playing through this again um, and was impressed at how... Uh, just how much fun its combat system could be and how much fun I had navigating its world. Um, I do wish that it explained certain things slightly better. Yeah. And, I mean, good luck getting that A ending without a guide. And even with a guide, if you just, like, mess up one small thing like I did. There's that's... a pretty concise one on GameFAQs that just gives you the ba- basic bullets that you need. Yeah. Uh, and tells you when you botched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also do want to give a big round of applause to its its actual use of even realistic portraits in this game. I feel like a lot of JRPGs yeah. just stick with the very anime look, and you know it's only Final Fantasy and maybe Capcom games that have kind of ventured out of it. And this is very, um, very much something else, very kind of like painterly it, style for all the characters. It works, yeah. I feel it, it. It really worked, and Valkyrie looks so good in every one of her portraits. Yeah. You know, to, to draw got, her helmet every time must have been very difficult. And oh, you've, you've got these very well animated sprites who, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to the more realistic portraits, they're kind of cartoony and, you know, they pull some very expressive and silly faces. But um, the two taken together, I think there's like there's an odd disconnect there, but one that's not wholly at odds with the rest of the game's aesthetics and that you know it, it really that's a good point for its era it does look like a very painterly art style which yeah. feels something that would be within the realm of the game i like it a lot <laughs> some of them have a bit too much chipmunk cheek going on but i mean it's still very good i actually really yeah. love uh Yoshinari. like i have one of his art books he is one of my favorite artists of all time i thought jolanda looked a little too much like a eight-year-old when she was not meant to be that young <laughs> but she's she looks like a baby yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, fortunately, it's not Star Ocean Vibe, so she's not a sexy baby. Oh, God. <laughs> Those are two words that do not need to be beside each other. Uh... <laughs> oh, they did that with Rena in Star Ocean 2 when they put her on PSP. She went from looking like a really cool 17-year-old tomboy in the PlayStation version to, like, this, like, tiny little yeah. 12-year-old with... Like a cute, like cute button nose and you know adorable little cheeks. You I, know, I just, love the kind of like hurt. rough and ready kind of sketch to art for the original Star Ocean Two, and then it just got yeah. so cleaned up to the point of being derivative in that PSP re-release. Yeah, so I, like Trius's highlights during the PlayStation era were just you know unbeatable. Yeah. People still <laughs> people still brag about the last good Star Ocean game, which most unanimously agree was the second one. Mm. Sadly, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a series we all want to love and keeps tricking us we shouldn't have fallen for edge maverick uh, you know what though if four if Star Ocean four continue that kind of sci-fi space planet jumping idea i think it could have been the coolest mm. i think it was actually really inspired by like star trek and all that and they should have just kind of kept going with it mm. but then they threw in some weird love lines like a young girl falling in love god damn it sexy baby plot lines yeah like, <laughs> like what happened 
I don't know, somebody was just too horny on Maine. Is that it? Have we done Valkyrie Profile? (laughs) We talked it. We definitely talked it up. I think we've done it. It's been a joy. (laughs) Well, Um, uh, next week, uh, we are covering JR. Oh, wait, yo, out of 10. How many, how many, how many, how many, out of 10? Yeah. How many many feathers in the cap for this one? This is a 10 out of 10 game for me. Flaws aside, uh, you know, you can't skip the death scenes, but fine, whatever. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, Hillary, what do you think? I'm kind of mulling it over a little bit. I mean, I would rate it really, really highly too, but... It's got its issues. It definitely It does, and I've been too attached to it for a long time, though, so I'd probably put it really high up there too, like a a nine-ish. Probably a nine for me as well. It's got some of my favorite... It's got one of my favorite scripts of JRPGs, and its tone is completely on point. Um... It can surprisingly be a quotable game, which is very something very yeah. few games can actually own up to. Yeah, Nibelung Velesti, that means nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it sure but looks badass. It's it's pulled off with such panache that um who cares? Uh yeah, uh, probably a nine for me as well. It's it's really, really good. I, well, I, have you come back when you get the A ending just to do a little soliloquy podcast of your own? Just an epilogue. I don't. I don't, I don't think anybody wants that. But I, I think. I think. I think you. You gals have done a good job covering that today. Deal. Um, next week we are covering RPG spinoffs, uh, where we are talking about uh, games that have spun off from RPGs. Whether that you be, don't say with that title. Hmm. Who would have thought? Uh, you know, whether that be Persona Dancing All Night or other games of that ilk, we'll leave it to you to find out. And in two weeks, we are doing Planescape Torment, uh, for a month of, uh, WRPG, uh, content, which is something that, um, we haven't done for a very long time. So do stay tuned for that. Do you agree that Pokemon has the best spinoffs? Um, well. How dare you? Pokemon Puzzle League is in a league of its own. Puyo Puyo. But, anyway. Yeah, that's true. They've all copied each other there. <laughs> if you want to email us, you can write in at retrorpgfan.com, or you can comment on the boards, or visit our Facebook page at rpgfancom. Uh, you can review us on iTunes or Google Play or any of those podcast listening venues. We love feedback, and we we read all of your letters, and we read as much as we can on the show, um, so do continue to write in. Uh, folks, uh, Steph, where can people find you on the World Wide Web if they want to get in touch? <laughs> Uh, if they want to get in touch, usually you can chat with me on the site. I do handle social media, so you'll be talking with me a lot there. Uh, if you want to subscribe to me personally, though, I am Dice at uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, a whole bunch of places. Just type in Dice SMS and you'll find me. Hillary, how about you? Um, I'm EP Fire on the boards, and that's the best way to find me. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at MissAnthroBob, and I've got a crass Instagram under the name sticky lake so follow me there for um pictures of my pictures of my cat and rude comments borscht yeah borscht. he is sleeping on the couch right now and he is he's looking real good Aww. Yeah. Oh, borscht. all right thank you so much guys for letting me on this podcast i had so much fun talking with you all thank you for joining us yeah, it's been a real us too. Treat. thanks for joining I'd love to do it again. Again, we should do Valkyrie Profile. We should do Star Ocean. We should get some of the best of uh, Trias out of the way. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a, a, a real oversight on Retro Encounter. So I know that Alana's been wanting to do a uh, second story as well. So we should uh, we should really get on to that at some point. 
That's a game I literally have memorized. I already know where all the items are and everything, too. That's wow. the one game I got, like, it all memorized. You didn't let, like, uh, pressing the square button and using the thief glove on the little girl and all that, all that nonsense <laughs> literally, that they I don't explain? Literally, I have Ernest in my party just so I can steal his stuff. Because <laughs> 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 yeah. you get some of the really good items that you can actually snatch off. I never so, said I was a moral person. I never said I was a role model. <laughs> so stay tuned, folks. Maybe we'll have something along those lines for you in the future. But uh, <laughs> until next time, thank you for listening. Until next time. And we'll see you next Thanks. week. Bye. About your performance. It is magnificent. These are all the materialized points I can grant you at this time. The Lord Odin is pleased with you. He bids me give you these artifacts.